Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is not a Monday with Meltzer. We're slightly delayed today. Uh, I hope everybody had a great Labor Day holiday. Welcome to Flyers Daily for um, Tuesday, the 6th of September, as we kick down the days to training camp. But uh, we didn't want to miss the opportunity to get Bill Meltzer in his weekly hit in. So he joins us on a Tuesday. You read his work on NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill. Do you have a good Labor Day, Bill? Had a really nice Labor Day. Thanks. How about you? I did. Uh, it was enjoyable. It's the unofficial end to the summer. We know that doesn't come, I guess, until, I guess, autumn or fall begins on September 22nd. My daughter asked uh, the Alexa app that the other day, so that's why I know. But um, it's the unofficial end of the summer. In a lot of ways, Bill, it's the unofficial end of an offseason in hockey because a lot of players return. There's a lot of guys on ice, and even though formal training camp hasn't started, we're there. Yeah, uh, a large segment of the roster is always on, is already on hand. Um, really, pretty much everybody should – Everybody from NHL camp should pretty well be in by the time rookie camp starts. So, you know, if you, if you go down to the uh, Flyers training center on any given day, you'll see most of the guys there. And now that now that we're past Labor Day, over the next week, I think most of the rest will be showing up as well. So, so yeah, you know, it's uh, the summer really is, uh, from a hockey standpoint, uh, really basically over. You know, it, it's been an endless, absolutely an endless offseason, it feels like. Oh, it has been because it started off with, okay, Mike Yo's not going to be retained. They're going to hire a new coach. And, you know, we thought that that would happen pretty quickly because Elaine Vigneault was hired within a week of the end of the season after the, uh, I guess that was the 18-19 season. But they took a little bit more time with John Tortorella. Barry Trotz got into the mix. Bruce Cassidy got into the mix. It was a strange summer. It almost feels like an offseason ago, not this offseason, that all this coaching th- kind of carousel happened. And now Trotz isn't even coaching. It's so bizarre. But that's kind of where I want to start with Tortorella. Because, Bill, as I'm sitting here looking at it, I'm getting ready to construct over the next couple of days. The top, usually it would just be a top 10, but I think I'm going to do a top 20 question marks going into the season. Because I think there's that many. Um, but really, the biggest job for John Tortorella I think where where I'm going is that the biggest job that he has out of the gate is getting the culture back in order. Yeah. You know, um, as we're recording this and I wrote about this earlier today, um, you know, it was two years ago today, uh, we're recording September 5th. So two years ago on September 5th, that was game seven of the series against the Islanders. And I, and I'll tell you, Jason, it feels like so much longer than two years ago. (laughs) It, it really, it really, really does. But, you know, at, at the time of the, the pause with the pandemic, I mean, the Flyers were playing, you know, when they the proverbial pro, playing the right way. And it all went away. Even, even though they went, even though they got within one win of the Eastern Conference final, you know, they never really recaptured that the way they were playing beforehand. Yeah. And, you know, even though they got off to a good, Record-wise, a good start. The next, you know, the next two seasons, they still weren't really quite playing the right way. It, it, it just, it just disintegrated to a large degree. And that's, you know, it, it's not up to John Tortorella to figure out where they went wrong, but it's up to John Tortorella to, to get them back to where they were a couple of years ago. And uh, you know, the, there's no magic formula, but there, there's a lot, there's a lot of work ahead. You know, I, I can't the Usually the first day of a training camp, you know, the, the 
very high tempo, maybe the highest tempo day of the entire preseason just because everyone's running on adrenaline too. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of high tempo days, a lot of battle drills. You know, your, your depth is going to get tested because when that happens, guys get bang, a little banged up too. So, you know, we, we can pencil our lineups before camp even starts. But there's a lot of jobs to be won. There's a lot of questions to be answered. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot we're going to find out before the puck drops even the opening, even, you know, opening face off of the season. But um, there's uh, – there's still so much unknown about this team. I mean, I, I don't think there's any any problem at all coming up with 20 questions because yeah. <laughs> there's there's so many question marks and, and so few things we know for sure. <laughs> that could be, you know, usually before the start of the season, you and I do a uh, what do we know for sure? You know, what are we? What are the question marks and what are the the areas that look like they're going to need some improvement in? So, you know, there there's. Um, there, there's a, there's a lot to prove. As I said, I mean, a lot's going to happen over the next few weeks, and uh, you know, which it should be interesting at the very least. Bill, regarding you know the record this season, whatever the record ends up being, I, I think coming out of this season with uh, a refocus and you know on the culture, because culture is one of those things in a pro sports league that takes time to build, but a second to disintegrate. Because it, it can go away very quickly, but you can't build its initial culture quickly because it has to happen organically. You can't just say you're something and be it. You have to have been that for a long period of time before you can say you are that. And I think we've seen that the culture really take a hit over the last couple of years. The, the two words that I think are the most important this year aren't wins and losses. They're actually culture and standard. There needs to be a standard of play that is and that's why I think Tortorella is the right guy because I don't I don't think he gives one rat's iota who you are or what you've done or what you're going to do what you got paid what you got paid I don't think he cares about any of that there's a standard no matter what and I think those are the most important words this season for this organization to move forward you know down the line as well for sure and to establish a culture I mean there has to be some results that come with it yeah whether whether it's making a playoff spot or contending for a playoff spot, just generally, just generally overachieving and being competitive far more often than not. I mean, there, there were not in, there were too many games the last two seasons where the Flyers just were not, com- just were not competitive. And that, that, that's unacceptable. You we're know, competitive that, two out of three periods, right? <laughs> yeah, two, competitive two out of three periods. Uh, especially second periods last year were just. Oh. It's awful, just awful. No matter First how period the year before, yep, yeah, uh, you know the it, it's uh, the Jekyll and Hyde effect, and a lot of that comes down to, I mean, over, uh, accountability is an overused word. Um, you know, it's the coach is a piece of it too, but it has to be within the room. Players in the room have to enforce that too, and we need more from you. You know, w- one of the things that. Uh, I always like hearing people that have won cups and been part of successful teams and organizations um, discuss the subject. And one of the things that is a necessity in any successful locker room is there has to be a leadership group that not only picks guys up, but they have to be willing to have those hard conversations when you need more from somebody. And a lot of times if a player, part of, part of the leadership group doesn't feel like 
he himself isn't playing his best, it's hard to it's hard to get on anybody else. But sometimes you need that the bad cop or two in the room. Chris Pronger was great at that. Yeah. You know, he uh if he didn't feel somebody was putting in their maximum effort, they could get more out of him, he'd get on the guy. And Wayne Simmons filled that to to an extent. I don't think they, the Flyers have had that in the last few years. They're the guys who are willing to really enforce accountability within the room. It, it's a really nice group of guys, but it, you know, sometimes you can't be nice. And when you, whenever you hear stories about Messier or Clark or you know, you can name name other great leaders, Daryl Sittler, other guys, even One Taves, thing, even you know, Taves is another fantastic example. Yep. Eiserman. And Eiserman was a guy who changed his game around to a large extent because he started out as kind of an offensive on, offense only guy and became a complete player. And he demanded that of everyone in the room. And everybody knew. McKinnon's doing yeah. it now too, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. For yep. sure. So it, it, it's something where someone needs to step up in that regard. And you can see it on the ice too. You mm-hmm. can see where – you can see where – when things get chaotic or, or team needs someone to kind of give them a little kick in the butt, you can see when that's been delivered and it, it is better delivered by a, by someone in the room than by the coach. Not that the coach won't do it, but the, the coach isn't in the room all three periods, you know, at, at every intermission, he'll talk to the team before the game, fire them up. You know, if, if he comes into the room during a game, there's just gotta be a reason for it. And, you know, and, and and it's never, hey, you guys are playing great. Just keep it up. If if he does, it's a short, you know, if that's the message, it's a short message. Yeah. So, you know, it, so I'm I'm interested to see how the leadership dynamic from you know from the coaching staff, but also within the room emerges this year. Because if you remember, Jason, a year ago the Flyers brought in a lot of guys who it had who had worn letters and other teams, and the belief was that the leadership element would, would stand out and it would transform and the resiliency and other things that were a problem the year after yeah, the year after the pause, were not going to continue to be an issue. And they most certainly were. So that that's, that's what I want to see how that emerges this year. I know that, um, I know that John Tortorella had said from an outside view and from what he's heard internally, there were some fractures within the locker room last year. And it, ha- it has to be united front. And I-, I think that one of the things Tortorella is going to do is that sometimes the coach has to be the common enemy. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean you don't like and respect them away from the rink, but it means when you're, when you're there for practice and games and you hear the feedback and the guy's pushing you to be everything you can be and then maybe even a little bit more, maybe, maybe there's another level that you have to give that the player himself doesn't even think he has to give. That's, that's not always fun. Um, Tortorella has said that he enjoys a little bit of that confrontation, that tension, and the players say it. But it's easy, it's easier said than done. We're gonna we're gonna see you can hack it because they're going to be tested. So that's uh, that's something I'm most definitely looking forward to seeing. And it, and it's gonna start right in camp. It's not uh, he's not he's not gonna wait for the first losing streak. He's gonna start to when he mm-hmm. talks about reestablishing an identity, a culture, a standard. That starts from day one of camp. And 
I think you're going to see very early in camp, you're going to see a lot of competitive element, a lot of battle drills, as well as systems, too. Systems usually come in a little bit later. As, um, it's harder to implement systems when you have so many guys on the ice before yeah. you make cuts. So really, the, the, the meat and potatoes of that starts to develop as you have fewer guys still in camp. But the competitiveness element and the, the tempo and the conditioning, that can start from day one. You're absolutely right. It's it's easy to say you like being pushed, and it's easy to say, you know, that's the way I prefer to be coached. I prefer to be coached hard, but it's harder to live it day in, day out. And what we know about Torts is he doesn't take a day off from his standard and his expectations and his level of push. So, yeah, players may say it's easy. You know, and players on the other side of that go, you know, it wasn't easy, but he got me to a place that I didn't think I could get to. And for that, I'm grateful. Did I like him at the time? Hell no. But that's that's what Torts can do. And the other thing for, you know, when it comes to Torts and creating a standard and, and with all the players and and this camp, I think it's I totally agree with you. I think it's going to be incredibly intense. Um, but to me, the big thing is, again, coming out with that culture and that standard and a player, you know, you disappoint your coach sometimes and you're like, eh, whatever, I didn't have it tonight and he can go pound sand. But when you disappoint the guy next to you in the room, that's yeah. more impactful. It's like when your parents said, um, you know, I'm mad at you. And it's like, okay. But he goes, I'm really disappointed. I mean, your parents are disappointed in you. That was like, oh, that hurts. You know what I mean? And when you disappoint those guys in the room and you're not there for them, that's the way to get the attention. And you're right. Players in that room, some of them may not be comfortable with it, but you got to get comfortable with it because that's what it takes to win. And you mentioned all those guys that you've talked to. I talked to a lot of guys about that too, the common denominators of winning. And it's not about being comfortable. It's not about liking everybody or you feeling good about me sitting next to you and us joking around. We can do that when things are going well, but sometimes I got to be a D, you know, and you got to yeah. have some guys that are willing to put winning and standard and culture in front of friendship. And, and uh, absolutely, you know, um, there's, like I said there, there are hard conversations to be had, and uh, they have to stay in the room. That, that's the biggest thing. And oh, yeah. you totally understand that it's you're pushing each other not to not on a personal level. It's really to just get the best performance as a team and, and the most united front you can. And usually, once you go through some of that together, then that's when you come together as a team, that's when you that's when you find that that level of unity. And you have you have to go through it. There's there's no substitute for for going through that process together. There just isn't. Bill, I feel like I see it in the playoffs every year for teams that go on runs. I see guys and I go, I've seen this guy play a lot of hockey, but I've never seen him play with that intensity level. And it's almost like they take on the skating stride or the the role of some of their teammates by proxy because they're getting pushed in that way by their teammates, it becomes, okay, you're going to be have that level of intensity. I'm going to match it and I'm going to outdo you. And it's this back and forth. And that's why teams rise to a really high level of play. And that's why when we look at the playoffs, we go, God, they're so far away. Look at the way this game is being played. That's why. Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, that's why, that's why teams like, like Tampa, I mean, the wise Tampa been there every single year. Yeah. I mean, it's, Sometimes you have the teams with a with a great looking lineup on paper, and they just don't seem to get to that next level. You know the teams that have it or have exactly what you described. Guys take their game to another level, and it's uh, it's 
you know, it's competitive to a degree. It's not that they're trying to outdo teammates, but they see what other guys are doing, and it yeah. inspires them to to push it that much harder. You know that yeah. again. Like, I, oh, you're going to go there? Okay, I'll go there. Yeah, and I'll yeah. raise you yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of times it's even unspoken, but uh, you you mm-hmm. see it happening. You see it happening. Like, um, I you watch when the Flyers came back from three nothing against Boston, and you you can say, well, we can't win four games tonight, but we can win one, and we will win tonight. And and they just they just did that. I mean, coming, you know, that that was the most adversity you can face in a series, and yet there was a level of confidence. You know what? We can do this. Yeah, and one game at a time. You can't, you can't fake it. You can't fake it. It it has to be genuine, you know, and, and it has to. It really has to emerge from the group that you have. So, you know, the Flyers have have to build something like that, and they're building from scratch, largely. Honestly, yeah, and, and a lot of times with that too, it's you know everybody on the team's got to be. You know what? I'm going to make the play tonight. Nobody's yeah. afraid to put themselves out there to make the play. I'm going to be the guy, whether it was Danny Briere, whether it was Scott Hartnell, Simone Gagne, whether it was Billy Leno, or it was Kimo Timonen, or whoever. You know, Mike Richards, obviously, and Jeff Carter were catalysts on that team, too. But, you know, guys were there, and they, they nobody was afraid to make a play and, you know, to be a difference maker. And, that, and that, again, that's culture, that's standard, and that's what this season really is about for me. So we'll kind of leave it there in this episode. We're going to get to the – I think we're going to have to do a two-parter, Bill. We'll go, you know, first 10 questions and the second 10 uh, for the top 20 questions and kind of, you know, bandy them about here as we get closer and closer to training camp. By the way, Travis Connect – or Travis Sanheim, rather, I'll be talking to this afternoon, and he will be a guest on tomorrow's Flyers Daily. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday this week, and we're back to Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week, and we're getting close to – being Flyers Daily once again. Bill, great stuff as always. Great conversation on culture, standard, and what it takes to win and what it takes to get back there. It is not an easy task, but it's what they're tasked with. And John Tortorella and these players have a lot in front of them. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on a brand new Flyers Daily.